I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the win, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 79, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think we have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast. Currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the exhausted and annoyed kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello, Michael. What's going on? How you feeling, buddy? Very tired. You're a little worn out there, huh? A little bit, yeah. It's been a long weekend. Well, does it have anything to do with um, the locker room you were in this past weekend? <laughs> I guess a little bit. There was some travel involved, so... Yeah, a lot of guys, international stars. Um, do you have some sort of viral infections that we're saying here? <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe it wasn't in that locker room. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going on these days. I thought maybe that's the reason we're kind of doing this remote. You've been quarantined until further notice. <laughs> no, no, you were uh, very busy today, so <laughs> your life of leisure continues. <laughs> <laughs> My life of leisure. Your life of leisure. Oh my goodness! Well, hardest, hardest guy in the world to schedule for anything. Oh come on, there, Kingpin. Well, come you on threw now. you threw this curveball with this post online. I'm thinking like, all right, well, I guess we're you know I'll suck it up and we'll watch this pay per view and review it. And I'm kind of planning out uh, my day as such, and then come to find out, no, that wasn't your intent at all. Well, I was doing as I said. I was questioning. I was asking if that's something you wanted to do. You didn't communicate at all other than that concerning the time we were recording the show. Well, I mean, you don't want to post in the Putting Over Podcast Facebook group. You haven't really spent a lot of time there, as you should. Uh, so I guess you're paying for it now. <laughs> you're right, Mike. Really, between my, my real 9 to 5, two kids, wrestling bookings, school, and a podcast, I really should find time more to post on Facebook for you. That would be very nice. That would really help me out. <laughs> you made a good point there. I wasn't... Uh... I'll do my best. My, my schedule is very clear these days, so I have lots of free time. You're a man of leisure yourself. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, uh, this afternoon, Brian, I couldn't record because I was at a uh, birthday party. I know. Avery Forrestal's birthday party. A lot of people probably remember the interview we did with him uh, a little while back. And he's uh, a guy who's survived cancer twice. He's 16 years old. I don't know if it's today, but this is when they're celebrating it. Uh, it was great to be a part of the celebration for Avery. Make sure you go back and listen to that podcast. One of the more emotional, one of the more touching podcasts we've done, I think. Yeah, I was very bummed out to miss it. But I had to, uh, you know, do schoolwork. I been, been, was doing schoolwork all afternoon. Things happen. Things happen. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a very busy, busy man this week. Very busy man. Very busy man. Yeah, episode 58, if you want to go back and listen to our interview with Avery A-Game Forrestal, a uh, very inspirational kid, and it was a pleasure to be there today. I know there's a lot of big things in the future for Avery, so it's great to uh, be a part of his birthday, and a lot of good things coming up for that kid. Do you have some Chinese food, Mike? Very minimal. I had a lot, some vegetables. I had one spare rib. You know, I, I'm doing a big diet. I told you this last uh, uh, Thursday. Boy, this guy here and his diet. <laughs> and speaking of last week, Brian, the praise still rolling in for Mocket Crockett. <laughs> the segment we did last Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Of course, I did a poll on Twitter. Yes, Dave Rodriguez was a big fan, I saw. <laughs> Well, most people had fun with it, I think. Uh, I mean, I did a poll saying which of the new segments that I've done was better, Gargalerics or Mocket Crockett. 91% in favor of Mocket Crockett over Gargalerics. 
The lesser of two evils. <laughs> <laughs> but some people were saying that on Twitter, yes. And I did, though, Brian, I can say this. I got numerous messages from people, speaking on the condition of anonymity, of course, saying they enjoyed the segment. <laughs> I can say that much. The, the real upset here is the fact that it wasn't a clean sweep for Maki Kraka, because Gargalerics was offensive. So to the person who voted for Gargalerics, Feel free to dismiss yourself from future listening of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is a mystery. That will forever yeah, be a you mystery. Go, you, you go on, you, you, you're taking a timeout. <laughs> <laughs> Someone threw in the hinky vote there, I think, for Gargo lyrics. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, even Mike Mills, Stephen, and Glenn, they were making a couple jokes about it. I think they, you know, they had some fun in some way with it. But yeah, picture picture Dave. Picture Dave said, "quote It was garbage and a waste of time." So sorry about that, Dave. I hope you're still listening. I hope we still have you as one of our listeners. But if you have to, if something has to happen and you have to go away, I guess I apologize. <laughs> Mocky Crockett. I think it was fun. It was fun for most. A good time was had by some. Yes, that's yes. Not picture Dave though. Clearly, Fair clearly. Not. But today on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, we're going to be giving our take on all the news out there and kind of the influence that social media has over it. It's kind of like a real-life dirt cheat shuffle out there, which some people are actually calling, Brian, for the return of the dirt cheat shuffle after what we've been doing with these other segments. Maybe that's your plan. Come up with these awful things that people are are just opining for the dirt sheet shuffle to return. Oh, you never know, Kingfin. You never know. (laughs) Plus, coming up, your promo about nothing and a whole lot more. But first, we're going to talk about what the Kingpin did this weekend. You're a busy boy. There's a reason you're so tired today. Yes. So you headed down to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to take part in Ring of Honor's, uh, what was it, Philadelphia Experience event? Philadelphia Excellence. Oh, excuse me. It's the Philadelphia Excellence event. It was a TV taping for Ring of Honor TV, and you were a participant in that big event. Uh, So let's kind of go through. I think people enjoy this. We've done this a couple times. Take you through the entire experience of you going down to Philadelphia, of you having to come back up and go to a different show. Let's run through your whole weekend, Kingpin. What do you say? Sure. Let's relive it all. <laughs> I don't mind. It was a good weekend. <laughs> so, Brian Malonis, what does a guy like the Kingpin pack in his bags before you head off for a show like this one for Ring of Honor? Well, I had a I had a couple sets of wrestling gear, and then I uh, you know I packed an overnight bag for a couple of couple of nights because I wasn't I was going once I left home on Thursday, I wasn't going to be home again. Well, I didn't think until very 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 early Sunday morning, but some audibles were called in the uh, in the midst of it. Um, Ooh. But, yeah, so I uh, I was traveling with the lovely Davy N and uh, Ashley Vox, the Chaotic Wrestling Women's Champion. Oh, so it was ladies' night. <laughs> yes, it was. So we uh, all traveled down together, Mike. It's quite a party. And you traveled down like a day earlier, right? You didn't leave on Friday. It was a Friday night show, but you left on Thursday night, correct? Yeah, it was it was a Friday night show, which is weird for TV taping. Um, I don't mm, think yeah. I've taken part in one yet that that was uh, on a weeknight. But yeah, we left Thursday night, kind of like the old uh, Delaware trips where you left the night before type thing and stayed over. Thought just being, I didn't feel, I really didn't feel like fighting New York City traffic on a Friday, you know, trying to get to Philly. It's about five and a half hours for me, so I just thought it'd be easier to go get a good night's rest and be able to, you know, leisurely <laughs> get there at my leisure rather than frantically having, you know, anxiety attacks as we're sitting on the George Washington Bridge for two hours. so Were they agreeable to leaving the day before, or was it a kind of a struggle? Oh, no, no. They were they were in for anything. They wanted to go, obviously, and, you know, I guess kind of do what I did. <laughs> and, you know, show face and, and do ring crew and be, you know, be part and be around and be there and, um, you know, try to get yourself noticed. So you got a hotel that night. Uh, was it around the Philly area, or yeah, we stayed in like Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or something like that. So we were about like twenty minutes away from the building. All right, cool. So the next day, I saw on Facebook a check-in from the <laughs> Kingpin. Yeah, uh, getting your getting your workout in at Tony Luke's. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm not going to go to Philadelphia and not have a cheesesteak, buddy. And what? better place than right around the corner from the 2300 arena than tony luke's 
Are they sponsoring this podcast? Is that why we're mentioning them? I sure hope so. You didn't <laughs> you didn't get any work done while you were there? Talk to the owner, perhaps? <laughs> it was a little busy. It was a little busy, and the cashiers were quite intimidating, so Really? <laughs> yes. Very intimidating ladies. <laughs> so is it is a soup Nazi kind of situation? Yeah, it's it's a no frills sort of sort of place. You just you, you place your order, take two steps to the left. Yeah, I feel like you better know what you're talking about too when you place your order. So, <laughs> did you ask for bread? <laughs> well, it's, I got a sandwich. Mike comes with bread. Oh, okay, Jesus. Uh, all right. Uh, so it was right around the corner from the arena. You said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's like right around the corner. Maybe uh, you know if you walked it, it may have been a ten or fifteen minute walk or like a three minute drive. There's a famous story about Tony Luke's concerning uh, maybe some fights in the ECW crew. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Look it up, Mike. Rumor and innuendo. <laughs> Rumor and innuendo, huh? All right. I guess that's for the. Uh... Yeah, it's like a, it's, I've seen it somewhere. There's some some famous story of some big fight happening there with the ECW crew back in the day. I should ask Bubba Ray Dudley about it. Google it. I guess Google it. Yes. Um, you know who's going to chime in and know exactly what I'm talking about? Tony S. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, so what time were you getting to the arena? Um, I think we got there like before noon. It was maybe like 11, 11.30, somewhere in there. Jeez, what, uh, what is the bell time? Bell time was 7 o'clock. Actual call time was 2, but you know, there was stuff to do. The, you know, the ladies wanted to go and do ring crew and do that stuff. I pitched in myself. and What? What? what, what, what? Yeah, Mike, I pitched in. What'd you do? I had to lift a few things and bring them in. Yeah, you pick things up, put them down. <laughs> yes, basically. I'm not going to put stuff together. That's not my forte. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're just the grunt, huh? Proud of it. I'm there you go. <laughs> so, when you got to the arena, this world famous ECW, former ECW arena, now the 2300 Arena, the corner of Swanson and Rittner Streets. What were your first impressions? Well, I'd already been there before. So um, what? I'd been there before. I, I, I went to a TV taping there before. I didn't participate, but I, I went to one. Okay, well, what, what do you think about the building as a whole? I thought it was going to be more of a dump inside. I was moderately disappointed that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I think they've done a lot of work to it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic building. They have lighting system. They have um, Ring of Honor didn't use it, but they have like a big screen type thing, which is actually really a lot of uh, you know smaller monitors that they all put together, but pretty cool they've done a lot of great work there's nice bathrooms there's a nice bar area um banners hanging from the ceiling right uh they're up on like the wall more okay. than hanging from the ceiling but yeah i mean it's a it's a beautiful building it's you know it's, they've done a, they've done a great job with that building and really capitalizing on the on the fame of it i don't think it quite it probably doesn't quite have the charm that it did you know back in the day and looking at it, it it's it's hard to tell at least you know for me and watching like old ECW stuff and then being there, uh, you know, I can't quite figure out where stuff was or where the entrance was or like it's it's hard for me to uh, to tell. Do they still have the crow's nest, like the little raised area? I I'm not, I don't think so. Unless I was totally missing. Unless it was, I mean, I guess Ring of Honor did have, um, you know, I think they do. I think, but I think it was kind of behind where like the Ring of Honor like entrance and screens were. I think, I think there might have been a little crow's nest area up there, but I'm not positive because that's where the production crew sat. You know, people right. producing the show and whatnot. So that I had no business going over there and investigating. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to the building, Kingpin, you walk in, uh, well, you greet everyone, but it's probably just the ring crew at this point, right? You're there so early? Yeah, it was just yeah, just the ring crew at that point. The guys didn't show up till closer to actual call time, which I said was like 2 o'clock. So I figure backstage, maybe Sabu's just hanging out back there. Yeah? <laughs> no, no, no Sabu. Uh, the first time I was there, the, the Blue Meanie was there. Um, I, thought maybe, I thought maybe Sabu lives there. You never know. He may, maybe he just hides, you know. Right, right. Uh, so when you get there, you get you backstage with your bag. Where does a guy like the Kingpin Brian Malone sit backstage? Do you just kind of hunker down with the Bullet Club? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> no, there was there was like kind of like two changing areas. Like there's like a changing area downstairs, and then most of the people changed upstairs. I changed. There's like a locker room upstairs that I changed in. I sat right next. It was like old times. I sat uh, right next to our good buddy Warbeard Hansen. Ah, uh, there you go. There's your in. 
the war beard. <laughs> well, my I set my stuff down first. Oh, okay. But I did ask him like, "Hey, where 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 should I go here?" I did I did ask for some advice on where to go. I mean, I was hoping you'd do that whole bullet club thing. Maybe get a cameo on being the elite. You know, be, <laughs> be good for numbers. Well, I did say I did I did talk to Cody Rhodes a little bit, buddy. So. All right. Maybe we'll get our ends there. Huh? You're working something out, huh? We'll try. I'll try. <laughs> right. He had a lovely smoking jacket. He did. He did. It was very lovely. I Is this something that. you just wore backstage? or? No, I think he wore it. He had a couple promos that he wore it for, I think. All right. Well, that's very good to know. <laughs> I need a smoking jacket. Um, you doing a lot of smoking these days? Well, no. Just you know, something nice to wear. Be be good. Be nice for a change, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Kingpin, when do you find out what you're doing that evening? Did you know going in what you're going to be doing? Uh, I had a good idea that I was going to be um, like the Future of Honor, you know, pre-tape match. Um, so I, I had a pretty good idea that's what I was doing. But I actually found out exactly. I, I, I nobody had told me yet. Not even our good friend Todd Sinclair. But I mean, you understand? They're busy. They have lots to do. Uh, I am the least of their <laughs> of their concern, just as I should be. So I can't. Uh, I found out exactly what was going on when they had a different ring announcer for that match came up and asked asked me for my, uh, you know, my statistics and hometown and whatnot. And I said, "Oh, great! Do you know who I'm wrestling?" And he told me who I was wrestling, and I went and found my opponent. <laughs> so you got your hometown right, this ring announcer. Yes. You weren't able to be uh, bamboozled by Bobby Cruz. No, 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 Bobby Cruz. Uh, Bobby Cruz does want to be on the WPAN, though. That's something that we have to really have to uh, get arranged. I yes, really enjoy he, talking to Bobby he's Cruz. Up for it. He, he, this is the third time he's asked me, and I keep blaming it on you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure it's 100 shoot, brother. <laughs> so you found your opponent, and did you, you already knew you were opening the show. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a pretty good idea. I, I, I was fairly certain of that, unless. You know, unless something changed last minute, I kind of knew that I was going to be the pre-show slash Future of Honor match. How do you feel about opening the show for a Ring of Honor? Uh, it was pretty cool because, I mean, it's the first, um, you know, and we can get into that a little bit once we get to that point. But, yeah, I, I had, it was exciting, I, especially in a TV taping. I would The position I am <laughs> in Ring of Honor right now where um, I'm just getting my feet wet and, and just introducing myself, I'd much rather be on the earlier part of a of a four to five hour taping than the later part. Intimidated at all? No, not really, actually. I I was excited. I was really excited. Okay, so you and your opponent, you talk the match over. I would assume you're the more experienced guy in this scenario? Yes, yeah, by, by a long shot. <laughs> so you take the lead in terms of laying the match out, or...? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to let him, you know, it, it's it's a showcase for both of us here. We're both trying to accomplish the same goal, so you want everybody's ideas getting through for sure there. But yeah, I would say I took the lead, yeah. Do you get any instructions from anyone in charge about what they want out of the match, or is it just something no. that you're going out and just... No, not really. The one thing I've, I've you know, I've found with my experience with Fire Three of Honor is it's, it's not, you're not overproduced. Um... You know, you kind of get the idea of what they're looking to accomplish, and unless you have a specific angle or spot, it's really just you know, you know, here's what we're looking to accomplish with here. Go out and do it, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I I get I <laughs> I've been directed. You know, I've had more micromanagement from independent promoters at times than than I do from you know an international TV company. So not naming names though, right? <laughs> do, I mean. <laughs> Someone I, I, that was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting out of the business. It's okay. I will say, I, Jamie's never been one that's uh, micromanaged me. Maybe some bookers there did, but <laughs> <laughs> but never Jamie. Here's something I wanted to ask you: What's your process before you go out? Do you have any like customs or superstitions before you go out for a match? Take about five hundred pisses. <laughs> you always you get that feeling that you have to go to the bathroom yeah I got yeah, that yeah. As well. by the last one i'm taking it's like i'm like forcing urine out but you know <laughs> my body feels like oh my god i have to i have to go pee i have to go pee um 15 years in i still i still get that so um i guess it's a good thing right yeah i mean i guess i i, I like to i'm an early you know i'm an early dresser 
you know, I like to get at least my boot, my boots, and I kind of do do the same thing. I get my compression shorts and socks on, knee pads, not my knee braces yet, boots. You know, pull my singlet on and get a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on. That way, for you know, I I just feel more comfortable getting dressed and ready to go early rather than you know scrambling um, at the end sort of thing. Um, it's not like Bobby Cruz. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, the opening match is going on, and he's just getting his suit on. <laughs> he was literally getting dressed during my match. <laughs> I, I, I asked him if he saw it, and he said, "No, I was getting dressed." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then and then as we get closer, I'd say usually if I'm like ten to fifteen minutes out from from the match, I'll get my pants on, I'll get my elbow pads on, I'll get my tape on, I'll get my knee braces on. And you know, with about ten fifteen minutes before match time, I am, I'm I'm match ready. I'm ready to go. So you do any like lunges or anything like eat a <laughs> Snickers bar or what? What do you? What do you... No, I'm I'm just I'm drinking a lot of water usually and pacing and you know putting final details on or whatever you know whatever we're gonna do. But a lot of pacing, a lot of mental preparation. I don't for better or for worse. I've never been a guy that stretches a whole bunch. I mean, I guess, I guess I guess at 35, I probably should start, but it's yeah. always worked for me. I, you know, I've never, you know, I've been lucky as far as things like pulled muscles. And of course, saying this now, I'm probably going to go out this weekend and blow out a hammy or something. Oh but, boy! <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, most of my leading up to match time is is mental preparation, trying to not even it's not fire myself up. It's actually the opposite, just trying to calm yourself. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know me, I'm I'm a fiery person by nature, so I think yeah, I think for me it's more calming my mind, easing my mind. So I would assume that you approach a match for Ring of Honor different than you would approach a match for Chaotic Wrestling, where you're a completely known commodity, right? Is what do you do different for a Ring of Honor match where you think maybe maybe some of these people don't know me than you would for some place where you've been a thousand times? Um, I mean. Uh, yes and no, I guess. I mean, I, I I certainly try to establish some things more, but uh, I mean, do we want to get into? Uh, I mean, I don't want to obviously give spoilers or anything like that, but you know, we can get into. Do you want to get into? You know, sure, the match. Actually, yeah. So I was the first one through the curtain that night, which is not a bad spot to be in. Uh, we yeah. got a crowd that's been in the building for a little bit, and they're ready for you know they're ready for wrestling. And um, one thing that they always enjoy the first guy that comes out, right? And and, and so. One thing that really blew my mind, I guess I underestimated that people would would know me, and and react favorably to me. Actually, um, I thought much like New York when I thought New York, I thought, oh boy, Philadelphia crowd, this could be rough. Um, so I was I was preparing for that uh, and preparing to embrace it. I thought I thought I was going to get crucified, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, by you know notoriously tough Philadelphia audience. But they didn't. I, I came out, and people knew who I was, and they I had a good smattering of cheers, and even a kingpin chant at one point from a from a section of people. So it was surprising. I was it, it, it I was a bit taken aback actually by it because I just wasn't I wasn't expecting it. You know, I've been on TV three times now, and was in the prospect tournament. Um, so I figured people would at least be. You know, because you know most of these people are, are consistent fans of Ring of Honor who know the product, so I figured they'd at least know who I was. I'm just surprised any of them gave a shit about me. If I'm being perfectly honest, you know. And you did get the benefit of the the first match guy, so that's that's a good thing to have in your. Well, pocket. thanks for kicking me right back down in perspective, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> you did your part too, there, Kingpin. Of course, I'm sure you did. Uh, so, well, well, yes, I've been on TV and, and performed well. I, I would hope it's making um, positive impacts, and I and I think it has to an extent. So, how long did the match go? How did how did the match go? Uh, it was fine. I think I think it was about eight or ten minutes, somewhere in there. We actually, because it was the pre-show match, we we had some time to play with. It was probably twice as long as my last TV match. And you said they are putting this on youtube yeah this will be i'm not sure what friday will go up but they put up future of honor matches on fridays so uh, that'll be up you know and i'm sure i'll be sharing it all over my social yeah. media and we will as well i'm sure at the wpan on twitter and every place else uh, so the match happens 
there was a result that I guess you don't want me to spoil, Brian. Right, yeah. Let's not, let's not spoil it. Let's wait till it comes out. Okay, so you go to the back. The match is over. You go to the back. What's the first thing that you do? Uh, for me, it's always the same thing no matter where I am. Ring of Honor, Chaotic Wrestling, Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. You go to the guy in charge and say, top that? <laughs> yes, exactly. I went right up to the <laughs> Bullet Club. And I told them to top that. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, made sure, you know, the two guys I was in the ring performing with, the referee and my opponent, were healthy and good and happy and everything felt, you know, good. And and that's, for me, that's just kind of the same routine, no matter no matter where I am, just making sure everybody came out of the match, you know, the same way they went in sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So, okay. You're winding down. I guess you're probably changing. Did, did you get any feedback from the match? Yeah. I mean, everything I got, everybody was, everybody was happy. You know, I wouldn't say I got like a detailed breakdown of it, but yeah, everybody was, was happy. I mean, it's very, it's very tough to, especially at that point, because now, I mean, I'm getting out of the ring and they're, and they're literally getting ready to film four episodes of their, of their television program. So, right. Um, you know, I did get to talk to a couple of people, um, you know, including Todd and it's very brief conversations and, you know, everybody said they were happy and I, I think I did what I needed to do in this match. Uh, you know, I, it wasn't, I wasn't supposed to go out and have, you know, the match of the night in that match. You know, I think if, I think if we were, <laughs> you know, uh, going all over the floor and diving all over the place and 400 false finishes, I think, I think we might've gotten some trouble. So, so you, uh, held back from diving is what you're saying. Yes, yeah, I didn't, okay. I didn't break out any of my signature dives. <laughs> Saving that final battle, I gotcha. Uh, yes, yes, when I'm watching it from uh, my living room on pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, Brian. So, so what do you do the rest of the night? Once you're done, you're dressed back up into your street clothes. You're just uh, sitting around and watching the show? Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm talking to different people who have seen the match. I, I did talk to throughout the night. Like now, I'm talking to more of the guys and you know other people there who maybe had seen the match. You know, getting feedback and whatnot. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just yeah, watching the show and you know, taking it in and and looking for <laughs> really also looking for networking opportunities when they're there or just opening dialogue with people and getting those interviews. Yeah, and then also like hanging out with my friends and stuff. You know, there's a lot of guys there that are my buddies that I don't see uh, as often as I would like so taking advantage of that as well I mean the funny thing is is it's really it's not a whole hell of a lot different from being at an indie show and you and you can attest to this Mike from WWE TVs Um, it's very much the same just on a on a little bit bigger scale and and I'm to a point I I wouldn't say like oh I'm comfortable in that like you know (laughs) I'm gonna just be some sort of jackass in the locker room but I, I feel I feel at peace in that locker room. I don't feel out of place. I don't feel like I'm stepping on anybody's toes. Um, you know, no eggshells. No, no. I mean, guys, they're familiar with me now, um, so I don't. You know, it's just like when you're getting used to any job or being in any locker room. You know, at first, you know, you definitely want to. I, I, again, I'm not a guy. I'm not a. I've, I've never been a troublemaker. I've never gotten myself in trouble in locker rooms. But you know, I, I feel like I can just be myself and chat chat people up and laugh and have a good time and watch the show and do the things I would do, you know, at in, in any wrestling locker room. Okay. So the night is over, Kingpin. You're exiting the twenty three hundred arena. Where do you go from here? Do you go back to the hotel? You're going straight nah, home? Drove, yeah, we drove straight through, so yeah, we drove we drove we drove straight through the night on uh friday night after the show back uh i did have pioneer valley pro wrestling on saturday so we had i had met uh davy at her house that's where my car was we got back i was contemplating i was so tired i was contemplating just sleeping in my car because <laughs> i was meeting uh, i was also traveling with davy to pioneer valley pro wrestling she's my travel buddy for that too yeah um, but then i decided to just drive the you know hour and a half home i got home just shy of seven o'clock of course the kids were up so i spent a little time with them and and then uh went to bed i thought i was i was planning on i had to i had to meet her back again for i had to, i decided to leave my house at like two or two thirty to go meet her and i was gonna sleep right till one thirty. but of course i beat my alarm up by two hours and i tried to force myself to stay in bed but the old body wasn't letting me so on about uh you know four and a half hours sleep i Got up and showered and went and had lunch with the kids and then 
right back down the road to get ready to head to Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. So you get together with Davey, you head off to Hadley, Massachusetts, and you get to Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. How different is that environment from the environment you were in the previous night? Are you in a kind of a different frame of mind? Uh, like maybe a t-shirt selling frame of mind, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of approach, you know, I kind of, I've gotten to a point now, especially, you know, having been around Ring of Honor now a few times where I, I feel comfortable just having my normal routine when I'm there. So I guess now my, my routine is pretty similar other than, yeah, I'm trying to sell some merch at these shows. But no, I get there. And I mean, I guess, I mean, it's obviously on, on a little bit smaller scale. My mindset's the same. I'm going to go out and perform to the best of my abilities um, and just try to have a good time. So you're doing your battle of the big men, right? Well, not quite. <laughs> well, what happened? <laughs> well, Mike, this I, is what yeah. you're promoting the past two weeks. I know, but uh, you know, I, I I was a little tired. Uh, Card stuff can change, I guess. Yeah, I was a little tired, so I came out before the bell rang and. You know, I talked about how the night before I performed in front of a sold-out building in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Hadley Mass is trash. And uh, oh, I've I've proven myself to be to be the the best big man in PVP in New England and and quite possibly the world, Michael. So I didn't have anything to prove by fighting Wrecking Ball Ligurski in Congo. So I, uh, I I retired to the back for the night, or so it would seem. I yeah, I did see a video. <laughs> So what happened later, this, you didn't participate in the match. Yeah, I guess the match just became Congo versus Wrecking Ball then? Yes, yes. They, they have a commissioner who doesn't have any control there, so I just pulled myself out of the match <laughs> With, without repercussion. So what happened later in the night? I saw a video that I was very confused by. I beat up everybody. You beat up everybody? Yeah, Johnny Idol, Tomahawk, AJ Cruz. Yeah, everybody. And then you were standing in the middle of the ring with the PVP Heavyweight Championship, correct? Sure was. So what's going on there? Well, they better get used to that site, Mike. So you're so (laughs) angry and disappointed that you have failed to win so many heavyweight championships recently that you (laughs) position yourself to at least hold a championship in your hand, if not win one. (laughs) Yes, yes. I guess I'm that guy that makes everybody's champions look good, huh, buddy? (laughs) So so what's the story behind this? They they came up with this idea, or or was it something you said I'm tired? (laughs) No, no, no. They they proposed this weeks ago at this point. Like, I didn't, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This had nothing to really do with it. I would have been game to, you know, I've never in my life, unless I was injured, if I'm keeping a booking, I'm there to do whatever they need me to do. All right, so you do this little spot. Is that the close of the show? Yes, it was. And what time are you getting out of Hadley, Massachusetts? Oh, boy. I think we left pushing 11 o'clock, I want to say. So you get home at... Yeah, at this, at this point, since... And, and it's I didn't sleep well on Thursday night. I don't sleep well in hotels. So we Oh, yeah, you were going to get a hotel, thir- right? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Thursday night when we got the hotel. I got, I got okay. the hotel Thursday night. We got there about 1 a.m. I was pretty much up at 7 o'clock. So you're talking like since Thursday till the 11 o'clock on Saturday night, I'd have, I'd had about a combined like 10 hours of sleep. <laughs> so you decided to go home or you decided to do something else? No, we uh, we got in the car and uh, we had, had to go back and pick up my car at, at Davies and we did try to stop and get a bite to eat at your uh, old old favorite place, Antonio's. But you know, much like the rest of Western Massachusetts, they roll up the sidewalks at ten thirty at night. So, and we got there at ten thirty four. So, so I guess yeah, I guess I guess it was like ten fifteen. We got out of the show. We left there, not close to eleven, but like ten fifteen. You're going to the wrong place then, because this place is open till two or three in the morning. Well, this is like their second location. It's on the way back from Hadley to Rutland, Mass. Uh, yeah, you got to go to the original. My friend, I'm not going out of my way. I'm tired, you know. Like, I'm just looking to go get have a couple slices of pizza and and be on with my night. <laughs> so, when does a guy like the Kingpin, uh, all tuckered out, when does he get home? Um, I got home. I guess it was technically Sunday morning, about about one o'clock. So you get a full night's sleep after that, right? And you're ready to tackle your Sunday, and do a podcast with your pal, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did actually get a good night's sleep, but just not enough. Uh, I'm beat. I need another. I need another solid night's sleep. But yeah, I, I and then just had a busy Sunday. Had so I had to catch up on you know I had to catch up on a lot of things that I've neglected for four days now. So 
Well, it's very good of you to catch up with us here and catch all of us up on your weekend. Brian Malonis, thank you for taking us all the way through it. And now we're current. And it's Sunday. And we're here. And we want your feedback. Every week we do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment. We interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on Kingpin's Weekend. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because every Thursday it's an all-new, all-different episode of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Now you can go and vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss in the show and you never know what else will come up so be sure to seek it out each and every week. Also, breaking news, our NAI archives are complete. Anything you can't find on the New Age Insiders feed, you can find on ours. Our complete archives are out there so make sure if you go back Listen to the Avery Forrestall episode. Listen to all our old episodes. It's all on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or you can find it all at bdaradio.com. But we also do voicemails right here each and every week. Get your voicemails in. We'll play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. I actually forgot that we had a voicemail last week, Kingpin. Ended up playing it last Thursday from Brian Fury, who gave you a piece of his mind. Go back and listen to last Thursday's episode if you missed that. Otherwise, we really appreciate your contributions to the podcast. Call right now and be on the next edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing with your very own voicemail, 401-584-9726. Okay, it's time to talk about all the news that's going on out there, Kingpin. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Big Decision on Angle? Yep, the talk of the wrestling world is the fact that Kurt Angle returned to the ring at TLC, airing after we recorded the show. (laughs) And yes, (laughs) it was a big decision by WWE. But what BDA Radio really means is the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Get the three I's. Intelligence, integrity, and I-I-I-I. Look at that hot MMA broad at BDARadio.com. All right. All right. And the news, Brian, of Kurt Angle returning on TLC, a secondary pay-per-view for all rights of purposes. Do you think this is the right move? I know a lot of things have gone on the past week in WWE. Is this a good make good to have Kurt Angle make his return here at TLC? I mean, I guess. I think maybe partially they might have booked themselves into a corner with the five on three already, so maybe they they couldn't justify a five on two. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm sure they wish they didn't have to do it. I'm sure they were hoping to save that return for, you know, something a little bigger, I, I would think, but... Yeah, it's really... It's kind of disappointing to me that... And, and um, a TLC match. I mean, that's not ideal conditions, I wouldn't think, for a guy you're probably trying to protect a little bit. No, yeah, and I guess you still have that singles match to dangle, but still, you can't have another pay-per-view return, and this is going to be it on TLC. But, I mean, if you were going to use Kurt Angle, who would you put in that position, though? Who would move the needle? I know you're trying to get people. A lot of people weren't really super interested in this pay-per-view. And you're losing the return of the Shield with Roman Reigns being out. Who 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 else could you put in there, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 nobody that would, I mean, Matt Hardy's probably not doing anything, right? No, I guess I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I guess Kurt Angle might fit the best in that spot just because he's more involved with the players, uh, you know, in terms of being the general manager, and he's kind of the one that set up the whole match and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess I. I guess and Brock Lesnar wasn't willing to add a date to his calendar. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. So let's get into this. Neville walked out apparently of WWE a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's been conflicting reports on even that, whether he walked out or he wasn't there at all. But I I think we can safely say that he is uh, not currently 
working for WWE. I, I mean, there has been no nothing in terms of him being released or anything like that. But he so can can we say that? Can we safely say that? I, I think I don't think he's backstage at shows. That's I think I think is safe to say. Yeah, but maybe they're not going to release him. I mean, maybe they're gonna right. Say, right. Well, no, you can sit out your contract. Right, and this kind of led to a whole thing where then Nia Jax, they say, she walked out. This is like earlier this week or late last week. But, I mean, it it turns out it's a leave of absence. I mean, WWE won't even say that. But, I mean, maybe just more likely they didn't have anything for her. Uh, She's coming back on the European tour at the beginning of next month. But she's not backstage. But... I mean, then Kevin Owens leaves the tour of South America. Um, people are speculating that maybe he's sick. Maybe he's upset with booking. And it's really weird the way social media is just running with these stories that are either... They're not stories, though. It's just shit people speculating on. <laughs> yeah, it's either like full of in- inaccuracies or just plain untrue. I mean, Nia Jax never walked out. She went home with complete permission apparently from wwe even though they won't confirm a leave of absence or anything like that it's just and kevin owens later said that uh in a tweet that quote unquote my family needed me so i'm not sure what exactly is going on but he was not upset he was not leaving because he was sick or any other reason but just the way social media kind of runs with these things and things just get out of control it kind of mirrors the real life news people just seem to want this have the story first right is is that kind of it yeah i mean i think it's it's yeah it's no different than the real media it's more important to be first than accurate which is not you know not the way it used to be but now that's that's all that matters you know it's just leads to this all this misinformation and people read it and just take it as fact like oh i read it so it must be you know it must be true there are people i talk to all the time that hey did you see this did you see this can you believe this like how do you even know if that's true or not? You know, like it's just, it's just speculation. It's like one person sees one thing. It's like it, it's basically just become a, a giant game of telephone at this point. And this goes beyond the dirt sheets. This isn't something that people are oh, picking no, yeah. up from. Yeah, you're right. This isn't like you know Dave Meltzer reporting something. This is just crap people are writing on Twitter that then enough people retweet it or tweet it. So oh, that must be the truth. When in reality, the person who tweeted it has no connection to anybody even remotely involved. You know, they have a Twitter account that says, I am the wrestling news information guy. There's no, yeah, there's no backing this up. There's no checking his facts. It's just just like a guy saying, I am a wrestling news source. And people just, yeah, like you said, retweeting it and it just blossoms from there. Yeah, and it gets out of control, and then Kevin Owens has to go out and and make a tweet like he did. I mean, I've even seen some. Oh, you know, that's not you know, like it because it's vague. It must be bullshit, and it's like, <laughs> no. I mean, he's a he's a dad. He's a he's a married dad with two kids. He has parents. He has sure has lots of other loved ones. Sometimes you just need to be there for your family, even if you have a high profile job. So what we do know. Brian is WWE came out with a statement saying that Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, they have a viral infection. That is what they termed it as on WWE.com. And that is the reason that Roman is not on the show and being replaced by Kurt Angle. And that's the reason that Bray Wyatt is being replaced by AJ Styles, who is kind of, I guess, coming over to Raw for one night only to face Finn Balor. So that is what we do know. And this viral infection, I kind of referenced it earlier, talking about uh, you, Kingpin. Is this the last we're seeing of this, or you think there's going to be more? Uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of kind of crazy, though, right? Seems a little random, maybe other than Bray Wyatt and his girlfriend getting it, I guess. But, yeah, JoJo as well. Yes, you're right. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I, I but I, I would think this is probably going to knock all of these people out for a little bit, right? I don't. Bray Wyatt's been absent for a little bit now, so maybe he was the first one to come down with it. But yeah, I, I don't think this is like a couple, just like a couple day thing, right? I really should have done some research on it. I mean, they they're saying people out there are saying viral meningitis, but uh, no one has. People hear meningitis and they and they immediately freak out. I mean. Viral meningitis is very different from bacterial meningitis, which is bacterial meningitis is, I think, the one that's, you know, like kills people. 
so I guess we'll have to keep our eye on that, but uh, I don't know if any, we're going to see anyone else being pulled from cards. But I guess they're probably just trying to... Um, I think they caught it early enough that hopefully no one else is going to come down with anything. But, you know, they got Roman, Bray... Trying to get it out of their locker room. <laughs> right, right, right. They get them off the road so it doesn't do any further damage to what's going on here with their storylines coming up. But, uh, yeah, like I said, AJ going to be on the pay-per-view tonight. I'm sure by the time you are listening to this, you know what went on with AJ and Finn Balor. But will we see tonight... This is a big question, Brian. Will we see the Balor Lantern... Huh? Will he have a jack-o'-lantern face, oh. like he was pictured on 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 Raw? Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so, because that was uh, a little weird, a lot of fun. But anyway, weird and wild stuff. <laughs> weird, wild stuff. One thing that is confirmed from social media is Jimmy Jacobs fired from WWE as a writer for basically taking a selfie with the Bullet Club when they were doing their invasion on being the elite. What do you think about that whole situation? Very weird. It's kind of like a shoe on the other foot thing where WWE did the whole WCW invasion and we're like, hey, go on, have some fun with those guys. Why are you being such stiffs? And then the same thing happens to them. I, I mean, even I would say on a smaller scale because it's not another real like a uh, thing that's going to air on national TV. It's on a YouTube channel, but the fact that WWE took such a hard line approach to this, that Jimmy Jacobs took a selfie with, you know, the young bucks and Marty Skrull and Cody Rhodes and was fired. Jimmy Jacobs confirmed on Twitter that that was the reason for his firing. Like it's just seems like, yeah, it's you made fun of WCW for not going with it. And now you're just kind of, I don't understand. I don't understand how they're taking such a hardline approach to this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe that was the final straw. There was other things that built up to it too, though. You know, like I mean, we don't. Again, we don't, you don't know. You don't know what the hell happened before that. But uh, I would say, yeah, it does seem a little silly um, if he was fired for that. Uh, I'm sure he knows all those guys, um, you know, and probably has for quite some time. And he, he's already getting out there. I can tell you that much. I'm I'm already on. I think one or two shows that he's booked on. So. Yeah, I saw that. He's coming all over the place. He's going to be in... Is he doing Beyond Wrestling? Yeah, yeah, November. I was half expecting to see him this weekend at Ring of Honor. Yeah, he didn't show up, huh? Oh, spoiler alert. I, I didn't see him, no. <laughs> no? Uh, so, yeah, that that's that's weird. It's good that he's getting back out there, and he's he said that he wants to get out there and work, so good for him, and he's definitely booking himself up and that's a good thing triple h is returning to work those uh final couple of shows uh in south america i guess maybe as a make good for kevin owens going home so triple h doing a couple shots uh his first matches since wrestlemania he was twerking he, he what there's a there's a video out there right now mike he was twerking and dancing with the new day and then he gave kofi uh the pedigree all right, all right. <laughs> I guess go and check that out on social media. And finally, Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar at the Survivor Series. What do you think about this thing? <laughs> I, 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 I mean, hey, they're trying to elevate the guy. That's how you do it, right? I mean, I would assume Brock's going to murder him. Yeah, yeah. How do you elevate him when he's going to come out of this <laughs> probably on a losing end, right? I would think, but I, I mean, guess you never know, right? I mean, maybe they are truly going to elevate him i don't quite understand the champion versus champion thing out of the gate but i don't i, I don't know i don't really understand i don't really understand the but i mean hey it's it they're trying to elevate uh jinder mahal and what better way than to put him in the ring with at, at this point the biggest star in the company i guess i'll have to see what happens there if brock just i don't i can't think that brock will just destroy him but i mean been wrong before <laughs> <laughs> yes you have michael <laughs> Thank you. I guess I'm to see next month. So yeah, whole, the whole thing, social media is just crazy. I think we can just say to, how about take a wait and see approach? Let's not jump the gun. I mean, it's never going to happen. But social media, just the way it is, people just like to jump on top of things and be the first one. Everyone, when someone dies, they want to be the first one to tweet something out, to Facebook something out. I think we all just need to calm down with social media. <laughs> Agreed? 
I'm pretty calm with social media, so yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. We sh- actually we should be a little less calm yeah, with the WPAN. Yeah, wrap it up on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start. Let's start tweeting some fake shit. <laughs> Let's get the people behind us. Uh, all right, let's move on there, Kingpin, to the promo about nothing for this week. The year, 1999. Tonight, we're going to party. I'm not partying tonight. No, <laughs> you're too tired. Memphis Power Pro Wrestling. Kingpin, back to Memfo. This was, at this time, a developmental territory of the WWF. And this is appropriate given the timing, I think. It is the television debut of one Kurt Angle. His first ever promo live on television. Let's take a listen to Kurt Angle. This week's promo about nothing. Here comes Kurt Angle right yeah. here. Let's see if I can get around and get a word from Kurt. And Bruno, you stay out of it. Quit ringing the bell. Yeah, he's... Kurt Angle, hey, welcome, Kurt, to Power Pro Wrestling. It's great to be here. Good to have you. You know, one thing I want to say is this is my first appearance here on Power Pro Television. And it's great to be down here in Tennessee. And up at the WWF, they've been talking to me about how tough it is down here in the Power Pro circuit. So I'm really looking forward to the challenge. And in 1996, I won the Olympic gold medal, and I I represented my country, the United States of America. Great. And I proved to the whole world I was the best, the very best. Well, now it's 1999, and here I am in the pro ranks. And once again, I'm going to prove that I am the very best here in the pros. And you know, I got down here on Friday. I came down here on Friday, and many of the wrestlers have been speaking their minds, stating that I should stick with the amateur ranks and stay out of the big time. I don't think so. I have a little message for these wrestlers. Nobody tells Kurt Angle what to do. That's right. And nobody, and I mean nobody, gets over on Kurt Angle. So when I get in this ring, I'm going to prove to these guys, I'm going to end this match as quickly as possible because one, I am the very best. That's right. That's right. I am the best. Let's hear it. And like I said before, I don't like to waste any time. And these guys, they're not worth the time. Kurt Angle, 96 Olympic gold medal winner. For a first promo on live TV, they're not terrible, right? Other than he said he's not doing any jobs and everybody's a jabroni. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird. The crowd's not exactly eating out of the palm of his hand. And he kind of has to goad them a little in an embarrassing fashion by saying let's hear it (laughs) hey let's hear it let's hear it (laughs) but i mean he stumbles a couple times i mean by the end he was getting booed which would be great if he was supposed to be a heel but he wasn't he was the all-american baby face he did, yeah. He did, he did. He did mention America, so he certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> and people love it when you talk about America, but it's just kind of an odd way to just these guys aren't worth my time. <laughs> That's how you end your promo. Maybe WWE saw this and was like, "Okay, this guy's a heel." <laughs> oh, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. It's really weird. Yeah, I mean, how how micromanaged do you think this was at this point? I don't. I don't know. I mean, the developmental system. I don't think was nearly as hands-on as it became. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, especially this. Maybe this era too. It just you, know, you wonder how um, you know how scripted it was. It didn't. It certainly didn't sound scripted. I will say that. So. No, I mean Corey Macklin, who was the guy interviewing him, who was kind of no help at all. We <laughs> we had a promo early on uh, about from Hulk Hogan. It was a very early Hulk Hogan promo from Memphis and Lance Russell, who recently passed away. He was kind of lauded for the way he could carry these guys through promos, and Lance kind of helped Hulk Hogan through this promo. But Corey was just kind of basically. A breathing mic stand. You're on your own, buddy. Basically. Good luck to you. And, uh, yeah, just let him out there. Let's let him flap in the breeze. And uh, Corey is also deceased now, by the way. After you you thoroughly bury him and talk about he passed away. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I do here in this segment. Was his impact on the wrestling business net negative as well? <laughs> Corey's perhaps not Kurt Angle's though but uh, Kurt Angle of course was the all-American guy as we mentioned and of course later in that very show someone took issue with the fact that he was saying for America he's going to win for America he's going to do this and America is number one so later in the show we heard this <laughs> so somehow Nikita Koloff showed up and he was really unhappy with the fact <laughs> that Kurt Angle was the all-American guy. Sure so was. had to find a way to get that back in there, Kingpin. <laughs> All right. So you heard this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. All right, Kingpin. I think you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I do, Mike. No rest for the weary. I'll be heading to Haverhill, Massachusetts this Friday night for Chaotic Wrestling's Breaking Point. Uh, I believe it's at Northern Essex Community College. I'll be taking on the heavyweight champion, Elia Markopoulos, uh, in a tables match. Ooh. Mike. Yes, a tables match. How do you feel about that? I feel very good about it. I think you get a shot here. <laughs> yeah, you would You would think, seemingly, seemingly, <laughs> to the untrained eye. I have no doubt, Mike, I will be walking out of Haverhill, Massachusetts as the next chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion. What do you think? You know we're recording this, right? What's that? You know we're recording this, right, so I can play this back next week? <laughs> I'll, I'll be, uh, as chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion... Heading down to West Warwick, Rhode Island in the XWA Event Center on Saturday night for lockdown. Uh, Kevin Nash will be in attendance, and yours truly will be taking on uh, former CZW World Champion Joe Gacy. Wow. Yeah. How about that? That's something different for the kingpin. Yeah, that'll be a fun match, huh? Gigging? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> you gigging? No. I- I, I don't do that, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> and you're breaking my rhythm here. Sun- Sunday, I'll be heading to Beyond Wrestling, the Electric Haze, uh, for Beyond Wrestling, beyondwrestlingonline.com. My match is not announced yet, but I can promise you it'll be a good one uh, and one you won't want to miss. This show will also be available on powerbomb.tv on iPay-Per-View. So, Mike, I, I know you won't be able to make it in person, but you're going to watch on powerbomb.tv, right? I sure am. <laughs> I actually might be going to Haverhill on Friday. Oh goodness! Perhaps I've heard that. I've heard that before, buddy. <laughs> You've heard that song and dance. <laughs> yes. We'll go a little bit into November here, Mike. November 11th, I'll be heading back out to PVP Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling. Find PVP on all social media platforms. November 12th, back with Beyond Wrestling. This time in Somerville, another one of your old stomping grounds. Again, beyondwrestlingonline.com. And hey, check out Beyond Wrestling On Demand. And uh, you can see me against the likes of Keith Lee, Chris Hero, JT Dunn, and many, many more. We'll stop there because I'm tired and, yeah, I'm tired. You're tired. <laughs> well, hope you're not too tired, Kingpin. You want more of those bookings? Email Brian at Comcast.net if you want to book the Kingpin, or you can tweet him or private message him, I should say, at Brian Malonis on Twitter. Putting over podcasts. That is the Facebook group where I asked Brian Malonis, should we review TLC on Sunday night? And Brian thought I was saying we are reviewing TLC Sunday night, but we are not reviewing TLC. Make sure you check out the New Age Insiders post-show recap of TLC for all of your TLC needs. But uh, Putting Over Podcast is the Facebook group where we're talking to all kinds of other pro wrestling podcasters and podcast fans. Just look up Putting Over Podcasts. Put that in the search bar on Facebook. Then you can join the group. We will add you and uh, be a part of the whole community we got going over there. Booking the Territory with Mike Mills. Two shows a week, Sunday, the Smoky Mountain Show, Thursday, the flagship show featuring the old Saturday Night 605 show. They're doing it twice a week. MikeMills.Podbean.com. Become a patron of Booking the Territory. And Rundown Wrestling Podcast featuring Jason and Troy. That is the flagship show. Plus, they're doing shows all week long over there. Make sure you subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed, and you will never run out of great content. And speaking of 
great content. We hope you will continue to listen to the NAI Wrestling Network all week long. We got DC and Doc Talk. We got Rant with Ant. We got the Shattered Glass cast. And of course, the flagship show here on the NAI Wrestling Network feed, the New Age Insiders themselves. So be sure to check out all those shows. And if you want to support our efforts, the best way to do so is buying our t-shirt. Pick up a curtain jerker WPAN t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders or visit Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Hit that big blue shop now button. It will take you directly to our shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Get your shirt now. Be a fashion plate with the curtain jerker WPAN t-shirt. All right. We are back on Thursday with a wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Just search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform or go to BDARadio.com to find us. Then you can join us right here next Monday on the NAI Wrestling Network for the WPAN episode number 80. Till then, here's the cake pin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako, and thanks for nothing. Well, uh, I hope you're not too tired to take. Hope you're not too tired. Well, I hope you're not. Well, I hope you're not too tired, and you'll want to take more bookings there, Kingpin. The uh, you can book the Kingpin if you want the book. Holy fuck.